0: Y-E-O-L-D-E-C-R-I-M-E. Now back to the show. and welcome to Yield Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and with me is my sister and co-host, Maddie Sangle. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. I am very full. Yeah, what did you have for lunch? We drove the 25 minutes to Raising Cane's and waited another half hour in the drive-thru. Wow. And... We must have hit like the tail end of the lunch rush or something, even though we went like
1: mm-hmm.
0: quarter to two. Yeah. And then we came home and I had the best idea ever because we still had some sweet Hawaiian rolls. So I made my own like sandwich with the chicken strips and mayo and uh, bread and butter pickles. And it was super delicious. Nice. So good. In fact, that I had three. How are you?
1: I'm Okay. This is day four of being at mom and dad's. I tested negative and we tried to self-isolate as much as possible so that I could come over for Thanksgiving. And I work from home and live alone. It's been nice. Willie has been traipsing around in paradise because they have a big fenced in backyard with lots of squirrels and chipmunks.
0: So, I did a Twitter poll recently with like four different options for people to choose from mm-hmm. for story suggestions or story topics for the month of December. Mm-hmm. And the options were murder, con artist, poison, and funny stories. Funny. And murder won with almost half of votes. So, murder it is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, this December is going to be known as Decent Murder. Because it's all murder all month. Death's a murder. I don't know. Someone else can figure out how to say it.
1: Mercember. December. December. Because it could be murder December, but that's no.
0: So let's dive into it, okay? This week we are going to actually be discussing a poisoner. Ooh. So I'm kind of I'm merging good. two of them. Poison is still murder, generally. It is still murder more often than not. Yeah. Not everybody survives poisoning or we wouldn't be talking about it. And this one is German. So there is going to be lots and lots of German words in this one that I painstakingly translated via Google and wrote phonetically. So good for you. We will see how I do. Two steps to try to not be wrong. To try not to mangle the German language. I'd say I'd say
1: taking two steps to not do saying it wrong should mean that it doesn't belong in the corrections could be. But we'll see. Maybe you just really miss the mark.
0: <laughs> Maybe I really missed the mark. <laughs> it's like Apple's like two-step verification process. That's how I that's how I do my translating. A two-step verification process. There you go. So this week we're going to be covering the story of Gesha Gottfried, the angel of Bremen. Ooh. Have you heard of her? No. Sweet. You are not going to like her when this is done. Oh, no. Okay. So information for this episode was pulled from the following sources. A 2019 Byline Times article by Mike Stouchberry, Stuchberry? Stuckberry. One of those. A 2019 Executed Today article. A 2016 Forensic Science article by Pear Hulk. Atlas Obscura. Hellhorror.com. Murderpedia. And Wikipedia. Perfect. And links to all of these articles will be included in the show notes. Gesha Margarita Gottfried was born on March sixth, seventeen eighty five, as Gesha Tim to a poor family in Bremen, Germany, where she had a twin brother named Johann Tim Junior. Ooh, a junior. Okay. Gesha grew up in Bremen, where her father, Johann Tim, worked as a tailor, and her mother, who was also named Gesha, Margarita oh. Tim, which isn't confusing at all. He was a junior too. She was literally a junior.
1: Wow. They had no creativity in the household. No.
0: None. <laughs> no. Good start. Good start. Good start. Good start. <laughs> so her mom contributed to the household as a sewer or a seamstress. Okay. Handy, especially if you're poor. Yep. So known as a pretty girl with ice blue eyes, Gisha had ambitions to become an actress. Mm. And even though her parents doted on her twin, as opposed to her. Being a man, probably. She was able to take singing and dancing lessons to hone her skills. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. So, so far, so good. Yeah. Right? However. (laughs) We don't have any scientific evidence to back it up, but many believe that due to her lack of emotional support as a child, and given the methods with which she later chose to dispose of her victims, she most likely suffered from the disorder Munchausen syndrome by proxy, which is a very common disorder among female serial killers. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. Oh, no. No. The type of foreshadowing
1: I wasn't ready for. So she is Munchausen's by proxy. Yep. So for people
0: who do not know what that is, Munchausen syndrome by proxy, which is also known as factitious disorder imposed on another or FDIA, not to be confused with the one that handles the bank. The FDA? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is a mental condition where a caregiver will create the appearance of health problems in another person, usually a child, but sometimes a spouse. And although it's not 100% clear what a person who suffers from this disorder actually gains, it's generally understood that it puts them in a position where they can gain attention and sympathy, as well as be able to manipulate doctors and others.
1: Yeah, typically, um, from all the Munchausen's by proxy cases that I've been able to read about or see... It's it's usually the desire to have the sympathy, the attention that way, and also to get free stuff. That's usually the biggest thing, is getting things without having to work for them.
0: I'm sure a small part of it, too, has to deal with the um, the knowledge that you are in total control of all of the situation. Yeah, but you essentially hold the life and death of someone in the palm of your hands based off your actions. Yep. So there's got to be some sort of power trip there. Oh, absolutely. It takes dedication. I feel like it takes a lot of dedication to be a poisoner or a poisonous. I put in a recent and famous example of this syndrome would be the well-documented case of Dee Dee Blanchard, who basically tortured her daughter Gypsy Rose her entire life, creating a slew of supposed medical conditions before Mm -hmm. Gypsy eventually turned on her abuser and had her murdered. So that's one of the most recent and most well-documented and well-known cases of Munchausen syndrome by proxy.
1: Yeah, because as soon as she was out of her mother's grasp, she was completely healthy with no issues.
0: So back to Gesha, mm-hmm. over the course of 14 years, she would kill 15 people, the bulk of whom were her own family. Damn. hmm Okay. And heads up for our listeners, some of those family members will be children. Nothing graphic will be stated about it, but just so you're aware that there are going to be cases of infanticide, if that's triggering for you, just heads up. Wow. Oh, no. Yeah. Just wanted to say it up front. Great. So through some interventions on the part of her parents, Gesha made the acquaintance of a wealthy saddler named Johann Miltenberg, mm. whom she married in 1806 at the age of 21, which would have been really old for a woman at that time. Yeah. This was quite a coup for her and her family because it was so uncommon for someone of such a lower class to marry up into the bourgeoisie. Mm. And unfortunately for Gesha, this wasn't a happy marriage. Mm-hmm. Miltenberg um, did not want her to pursue any of her hopes and dreams of becoming an actress or a dancer or a singer. And in fact, he was a drunk and a lecher who spent the bulk of his time in brothels and saloons. Great. Great. So he wanted a trophy wife, essentially. Pretty much. Yeah. And seeing that her husband was frittering away the inheritance he'd received from his father and their only form of support, she decided to kill him. I mean, I see it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would want to kill my husband if he was doing that. I don't know if I would literally kill my husband, but I would definitely want to.
1: Yep. I mean, there's that fine line of like, yeah, you'd want him to stop. It would. yeah." Yeah, I could see it. I don't know if I could do it, but I could see it. Yeah.
0: So when he died in October of 1813, no one was really surprised given his extravagant lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And Gesha, then 28, was given the nickname the Angel of Bremen for appearing to sacrifice much to care for her absentee husband during his long illness. Aww. And as we all know, appearances can be quite deceiving. Yeah. Yep. So at the time of Miltenberg's death, Gesha was already on intimate terms with her late husband's good friend, a wine merchant named Michael Christoph Gottfried.
1: Oh, then he's into wine. He's a seller
0: of wine. Gesha's parents strongly disapproved of the match, especially considering Gesha would be entering the marriage with her three children that she'd had with Miltenberg, her daughters Johanna and Adelheid, and her son Heinrich. Didn't know about the kids. Okay. that I mean. Yep. All right. So even though they had like a super shitty marriage and they were together for seven years. Oh, wow. So she had three kids with him yeah. over the span of seven years. That make sense. So Mr. Gottfried seemed to share her parents' disapproval as he didn't seem to want to marry a widow who had three additional mouths to feed, especially mm-hmm. considering they were children that weren't his.
1: Well, and she came from a poor family, and the husband she married while well off was not good standing gentleman. Yep, like, everybody knew he was in brothels and
0: stuff. Yeah, so she had a lot of um like drama. In yeah, her life. is well, kind of a lot of um, undesirable marks against her, I guess. Yeah, she would make for a good TLC show today. She would. <laughs> What would that be called? Um, Has to start with a G. um, Going um, places with Geisha. (laughs) (laughs) Going up with (laughs) Geisha. Growing up Geisha. (laughs) But this wouldn't be a problem for long, as her family members seem to mysteriously fall ill and die shortly thereafter in rapid succession. Okay. First was the death of her mother, Gesha Margarita Tim, on May second, eighteen fifteen. Geisha the first. About a week later, her three-year-old daughter Johanna passed on May tenth, and about a week after that, her six-year-old daughter Adelheid died on May eighteenth.
1: Okay, all oh, of the flu, right? Something, uh-huh, something. something.
0: But there were still a few obstacles preventing her from bagging Mr. Gottfried as her second husband. So on June 28, 1815, her father, Johann Tim, died quite unexpectedly. And her five-year-old son, Heinrich, soon joined his sisters on September twenty second, 1815. Okay, so how how short of a time was all of this? So it was from May to September. Wow.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, so that was, that was pretty ballsy hmm
0: Right. Wow. Okay. And you'd think that five deaths, all in pretty quick succession... In the summer. ...in the summer, would cause a few red flags to pop up, but not in 1815, because it wasn't unusual for epidemics to sweep through towns such as cholera, typhoid, and diphtheria. hmm And it was very common for whole families to get wiped out if they lived in cramped and unsanitary housing, such as was the case with Gesha and her family. Awesome. And even with all of her obstacles to marriage now removed, Mr. Gottfried was still dragging his feet when it came to marrying Gesha. It didn't help that a year after her children and parents had passed, her twin brother suddenly appeared back in Bremen.
1: Well, I mean, not going to lie. If, if you were managing the family and everybody just started dying, like you were still cool and didn't get sick, I'd probably be sniffing around too.
0: I'd be like, what are you? I don't know what I'm doing. Well, so Johann Jr. was a soldier. Mm, okay. And he fought against Napoleon. And when he returned to his family home in early 1816, jobless, sick, and mentally disturbed.
1: PTSD, PTSD. PTSD. Awesome.
0: Good, good descriptor of that. Yes. Great. Awesome. Yeah. So upon his return as the son and sole heir, he demanded his rightful share of their parents' estate. Yeah. A demand that Geshe wasn't too pleased about.
1: That makes sense. Especially since uh, there was probably the underlying fight of he got everything, always. Yep. He got all the love
0: and attention and she got diddly squat. Yep. So it's pretty unsurprising that on June 1st, 1816, Geshe took her brother's life by feeding him some fish she'd cooked with a heavy dose of arsenic.
1: Would you like some almonds? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's have some nutty fish. Great. Great Almond encrusted fish. So no one seemed to think anything of it, of Johan's death, with no. the doctor noting venereal disease on his death certificate as his cause of death. Oh, I know. I was like, poor guy. Not only did he come back from the war, like broke, sick and with severe mental illness because of what he saw.
1: Yeah, probably some really intense PTSD. Yeah. Like he just wanted enough money to survive. Like he probably would have left.
0: Yeah. And she's like, no, I want all this money. He's just like, she's like, here, eat some fish. Bye.
1: A oh, way to go. And she probably could have convinced herself it was a mercy killing with his PTSD and stuff too.
0: Probably. Like he's sick, he wouldn't do very well anyway. Mm-hmm. Or he's sick and he doesn't have a job, so he's just gonna come back and try to mooch off me in the future. Yep. Better to get rid of him now than after he has his share of the family inheritance.
1: Yep, because he's a problem now.
0: Mm-hmm. And now she holds the power. Yep. That's that much is. Very clear, super clear, and I'm sure that one she actually really enjoyed doing it because she did not like him. For
1: I bet she enjoyed killing her mother and father too. Probably a similar reason. Probably I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, because in her mind it was probably abuse, and there could have been you know you don't know, but at the same time he murdered him. Yeah, (laughs) killing someone is still killing someone. Sorry. Yep. Still a bummer. Yeah. Okay, so the brother's gone. Yep. Point here. Let's recap. Um, Mom, dad, husband, all three children, and brother. So seven people are dead right now. Seven are dead. Damn.
0: Yep. And even with her family out of the way, Mr. Gottfried was still uninterested in making it official, especially once he found out that Gesha was pregnant. He immediately terminated their relationship, but Gesha wasn't about to take that kind of rejection laying down. No because i bet she thought that that would have gotten him yep a tried and true method of having a bun in the oven gotta make an honest woman out of me now yep but it doesn't
1: seem like he was a very honest person in general so yeah each other. <laughs> <laughs>
0: pretty much Soulmates. <laughs> yeah awesome okay so so moving along uh-huh In case you don't know, in the 1800s, getting your hands on arsenic was as easy as walking into the local pharmacy. Yep. White arsenic trioxide was sold as a bug repellent and rat poison and was very effective at its job.
1: Yep. I just remember it being rat poison primarily. That's how a lot of people got it.
0: A common practice among housewives at this time was to make a mixture called butar, a combination of fat and arsenic to kill rodents as well as bugs. That makes sense. Give him something to eat. Mm -hmm. Entice them to eat it. Mm -hmm. In the case of Geshe, she used it repeatedly to poison Mr. Gottfried to the point that he became a helpless invalid that needed to be nursed back to health by his new wife, Mrs. Geshe Gottfried.
1: Oh, wow. She still married him, even though he got sick and was dumb and couldn't do anything. Yep. It kind of makes you wonder when, when you're poisoned like that, are you like trapped in your own body? Like, do you have any awareness? Who knows? Or are you
0: like constant fog? I do have here. I'm gonna read to you what the symptoms of arsenic poisoning are, and okay. I'm quoting this from the Scandinavian Journal of Forensic Science. I have this linked in the show notes. Okay. So according to the article, the poisoning symptoms may begin with an irritation and burning in the throat, nausea, followed by vomiting and extreme abdominal pain. So food poisoning, you would think that you had food poisoning. Yeah. The- yep. Diarrhea follows after 12 to 18 hours, yep. together with rapid pulse, cyanosis, collapse, and then death.
1: Yeah. So you would just believe that you had dysentery or, yeah, it could mask itself as a bunch of things. Yep. Wow. That's why it did so well. Yep.
0: Jeez. That's why people used it for so long got away with it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So even after he eventually broke down and married Gesha, this didn't earn him a miraculous recovery. Michael Gottfried died on mm-hmm. July 5th, 1817. And unfortunately for Gesha, the child she carried was stillborn and the money she made by, by marrying Gottfried quickly dried up.
1: Mm, so she needs somebody new now. Yep. And I wonder how her baby became stillborn. That's strange. Somebody who would know how to poison someone just enough to...
0: Maybe handling all that arsenic? Yeah. Maybe you kind of poisoned yourself a little bit? Probably. I don't want to assume. <laughs> Heaven forbid. <In> <laughs> Heaven forbid. I would hate to insult the, the memory, the blessed memory of Gesha. Of course. Either way. Several years later, Gesha received a marriage proposal from her neighbor, Paul Zimmerman. He's a local merchant in Bremen, and they married in the spring of 1823. Okay. And at that time, Gesha was 38 years old.
1: Yeah, it was six years after her second husband died, because he, he died in 17. 1817, yeah.
0: And around this same time, Geisha saw an ad in a local paper about a sale on Moisbuter at the pharmacy.
1: Oh my God, that's her favorite. She Honey, loves can, you it. Get, can you get me
0: just like a closet full of it? Wishing to see if it was the real thing, she quickly bought a jar and put some on a few slices of bread when she made a sandwich for her fiance. Unfortunately for Mr. Zimmerman, the Moise seemed to work as he died on June 1st, 1823. But not before he'd added Geisha to his will, allowing her to inherit a decent inheritance. Wow, this poison. I wonder if it works. I'm going to put it on toast. Well, because it's like fat, so they would have used it kind of like butter.
1: Yeah, but I wouldn't have put it on anything that I would have wanted to eat. Like, that should have been a red flag for husband number three. He probably had no idea. I don't know. I want somebody to see her do it and be like, why are you putting
0: that on toast? Rats love toast. Yeah, I mean, sure, but like... I mean, it is technically called mouse butter. That's what the translation <laughs> is. It's mouse butter. Why take
1: the extra step in toasting the bread for the thing you're going to kill? It's <laughs> the last kind of a thing.
0: I don't understand. So unsurprisingly, Geisha did her best to keep up a comfortable and fashionable lifestyle after mm-hmm. the death of two husbands and a fiance. Yes, modestly. She did her best to juggle costs, but before long, creditors started to come a-knackin'. Mmm. Did she send them um, mouse butter cookies? <laughs> no, but with a fresh supply of arsenic at her disposal, Gasha continued to dispose of people as the mood struck her, most mm. likely for some sort of financial gain. Perfect. <laughs> Such as music teacher and friend Anna Lucia Meyerholtz on March 12th, 1825, and her neighbor and friend Johann Moses on December 5th, 1825. How would she get money
1: from them? Would she just like rob them after they died at her house or like? No idea. Mm. I couldn't really find that out in my research. Yeah, I suppose it would be hard if she didn't admit it. And even if she did, if she was lying, you know. Yeah.
0: Despite her best efforts around this time, Geshe could no longer pay for the house she'd gotten from Mr. Gottfried. This is a long one. Pay it to Strasse, 37. She eventually sold it to wheelmaker maker Johan. <laughs> this one's a good one, too. With the condition that she be allowed to stay there forever as a kind of household keeper. Oh yeah, she'll keep it all right. Johan agreed, but unfortunately for his wife, she soon fell victim to moyes and died on December 22nd, 1826, marking her as Gish's 12th known victim. Jeez. So she's got three more to go before she gets caught. May of 1827 saw the deaths of more friends with the death of Elise Schmidt on the 13th and her mother, Beta Schmidt, on the 15th. Beta was the maid at Peitzerstrasse 37. Her last known victim, so I guess it was 15, yeah. was her friend Friedrich Kleiner, who died on July 24th, 1827 in Hanover, Germany. Mm. And Johann was no dummy. He quickly began to suspect Geshe was when he discovered white grains in a salad that she served him one day, which he refused to eat. Interesting. A few days later, he noticed more white grains in a dish of ham she prepared. It's polenta. <laughs> Couscous. And he secretly gave some to Dr. Luce, who had attended several of Geshe's previous victims. Hmm. He was later able to confirm that the ham contained, quote, a considerable amount of arsenic. End quote. Awesome. So on March 6, eighteen twenty-eight, Geisha was arrested on her forty-third birthday.
1: Oh no! Not her birthday! Not her birthday! Oh. Wap wap. Does she really have Munchausens by proxy if she really didn't l- let them live long to like take care of them?
0: But she did give up the pretense of caring for these people. For a couple, of, for a couple of them, but not all of them. If the ones that she, like her friends and stuff, mm-hmm. if people didn't know that she was visiting them, then how would they know that she's the one that poisoned them? Yeah, it, it, that didn't come out until later at her trial. Mm-hmm. So, okay. okay, when people finally started putting
1: two and two together. Yep.
0: Got it. For three years, Geshe sat imprisoned in the cellar under the town hall in uncommonly decent decent conditions, given the time. She was questioned on a regular basis by Judge Franz Friedrich, who pitied her and treated her very well. Oh, she's a woman. But, you know, when he was in front of other people, he had to be kind of mean to her to keep up appearances. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. Once in court, it was proved that Geshe had murdered 16 people. I couldn't figure out who the sixteenth person was. It was I couldn't find it anywhere. So I don't know if they're counting the stillborn Maybe. baby as the sixteenth. Probably, even though she stated that it was quote at least thirty end quote. That makes more sense. Yeah, if she was
1: doing it just for fun or just mm-hmm. just to see if the poison was working.
0: Mm-hmm. Butter. Everyone expected the death sentence, and sure enough, she was sentenced to be beheaded. Damn, they don't mess around in Germany. Nope. A scaffold was constructed on Dome Hof Square, and at 8 a.m. on April 21st, 1831, Geshe was brought to the scaffold and seated on a stool at the podium while Judge Droste passed final judgment. Hmm. He took a wooden stick and broke it as a symbol before saying, quote, the rod is broken, the judgment is given. You must die, end quote. Interesting thing with the stick. I know. I thought that was weird. Uh, Okay. I thought it was weird. I've never heard of that before. Uh, Maybe it's a German thing.
1: Yeah. Any listeners, if you know what the significance of a broken rod is, aside from a hilarious joke within you windows, then I don't know. Let us know. Yeah. Or maybe I'll Google it
0: later. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But I won't let you know. You can Google it yourselves, friends. (laughs) Geisha was then decapitated for her crimes as the last public execution, male or female, in Bremen. Fitting. And apparently it left a lasting impression on the 35,000 bystanders, and several of them reported being sick for days afterward.
1: Ooh, so it didn't go well.
0: Yeah. Must have been a couple of cuts. As for Geisha... Her head wasn't buried upon her death. In fact, a death mask was made and her head was put on display at the Domehof Museum to raise money for an orphanage.
1: The very thing she hated. Good for them. Yep. Children.
0: What? I hate children. I hate children. In 1912, her skeleton still remained in the Department of Pathology at the city hospital, but both her head and her skeleton disappeared and are presumed destroyed during the bombing of Bremen in World War II. Good. That should have been in World War One. in World War I. Because mm. World War mm-hmm. II was like 30 years later. Yeah. Way to screw that up, Google. <laughs> <laughs> Done fucked up, son. Gisha's dark legacy continues to this day in the form of the Spukstein. Or spit stone in the roadway of Domhof Square, where the scaffold once stood. Gesches is one of two Spukstein of extremely heinous criminals in Germany. It's Mm -hmm. not uncommon to see people spitting on the stone as a form of protest and disgust.
1: Germany, you're so weird. I love it. I think it's hilarious. You just have a stone that's like, look, this person sucked. And then you're like, okay. And then you spit on it and then you leave.
0: Yeah, it's like a square, like think of like four square tiles that make up this like square stone. It's very obvious. It's black and it's in the middle mm-hmm. of this like brick cobblestone type roadway. Mm-hmm. And you can just walk over to it and just hock a on it. Funny. You can also see her death mask at the FACA Museum. Should you wish to look at the face of the 46 year old poisoner? No. Wow. Phrenologists use her death mask to study the facial patterns made by criminal women.
1: Oh, yeah, because they thought that made a difference in how
0: violent and
1: murdery you were.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they figured anything out. I, I, I highly doubt it. Fun fact, the positive detection of arsenic by chemical analysis wasn't developed until 1836 by British chemist James Marsh. Hmm. The Marsh test was so sensitive that a sample as small as 1 50th milligrams of arsenic could be detected, allowing the results to be accepted as evidence in court.
1: Cool. I bet that really got a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Once that was sort of developed in the mid 1800s, arsenic poisoning kind of started to really quickly taper off because it was very easy to detect after that point. Mm. That's the the story of Geisha Gottfried. Wow. That she sucks. That sucks.
1: <laughs> Long story short, she sucked. He did. Yeah. Not a nice lady. No, nope. 10 out of 10 would not recommend. Don't eat around her. That is not Parmesan cheese. Don't swipe left.
0: Or don't swipe right.
1: Yeah, swipe left all day. Left all day and night. <laughs> TLC would be into her until they found out. They were like, oh God. Oh God. Is that our, oh God.
0: <laughs> You're worse <laughs> than Karen. <laughs> <laughs> You're canceled. Then they have a show of her in prison. Mm-hmm. Call it Gesha and Gowl. But it's, it's jail, but they spell it gowl.
1: Yeah, there you go. Anyway.
0: Hi, friends. Hi. Welcome to their terrified and tipsy... So I'll start. Okay. My name is Courtney. Uh, I love long walks on the beach, mm-hmm. white wine, and I absolutely love scary movies. And I'm Stephanie. I also
1: love long walks on the beach. I love white wine, but I absolutely f-ing hate <laughs> scary movies. So Stephanie, mm-hmm. can I ask you a question? Please. Why in the hell <laughs> would you want to watch scary movies and do a podcast on scary movies when you hate them. Oh, that's easy. Um, because you forced me. Mm, that's that's true. <laughs> but you know what? Hmm. There's why. Yeah, so I'm basically only here for the wine. (laughs) Lots and lots of wine. (laughs) We're going to need it. (laughs) Well, since we have very different feelings about scary movies, we decided to share our emotional struggles with you all. Yeah, so grab a glass of wine, your favorite couch blanket, and get comfy and enjoy the ride with us. Also, you can find their Terrified and Tipsy on Instagram and Twitter, plus all the podcast platforms. For links, head over to tipsypod.com. Cheers!
0: This week's podcast plug is They're Terrified and Tipsy. Okay. So each week, Courtney and Stephanie open up a bottle or two of wine and discuss a scary film they both watched. Okay. They offer a hilarious play by play of the movies they watch, as well as some audio snippets to accompany the episodes. Awesome. So if you like hearing about horror movies and love to laugh, give them a listen. Awesome. Sounds good. Yeah. And this week's question is from John of the Dumb Found Dead podcast. Okay. And he said, if you were to assemble an Avengers squad of podcasters, who would they be? Like, who would your fantasy draft be?
1: Ira Glass, because of his voice. Aaron Manky, Karen Kilgariff for her voice. And then um, Phoebe Judge for all of her sleuthing. I just want the, the voice actors and
0: the, right, and the
1: hardcore researchers. Mm. And then I would just listen to them. I actually
0: wouldn't participate at all. <laughs> <laughs> you're just on the sidelines, like, yes, yes. Yeah, you are have so Google guys watching them. Wow. You're just bit. Nick Fury in the background.
1: Yes, yes. yes. yes, yes. <laughs> More like his assistant sitting in the corner, eavesdropping, like probably breaking a million laws, doing it. Getting the
0: voice talent their coffee. Here's your diet coke, Miss (laughs) Cookie. Yeah,
1: that's my that's my squad. What about you? Okay, I'm gonna go independent podcasters. So I would do. So how many did
0: you do? Oh, don't do that. I only did
1: like four, three, No, four.
0: So how many are in the original Avengers? There's Iron Man, four Hulk, Hulk, Scarlet Witch, Hawkeye, um, Black Widow, mm -hmm. Captain Captain America.
1: Drew already said Iron Man. You did?
0: Yes, I think I said Iron Man, but I'm forgetting um, Vision. And Spider Man. And Spider Man. And then The um,
1: Black Panther.
0: And Ducca Strange. Falcon. Falcon.
1: And um The Winter Soldier. The Anti Captain America. Bucky
0: Barnes. Yeah. And okay. we're forgetting Iron Patriot. Oh, we can't
1: forget about him.
0: Rocket. <laughs> I can't go into Guardians now. That's that's too many people. I already have like nine. I already have like
1: people. Well, what if you do the original, original, which I think is Iron Man, Captain America, Black Widow, Hulk, Hawkeye, I'm pretty sure. And Thor. And Thor.
0: And then everybody
1: else was technically like...
0: After the original
1: trilogy of...
0: yeah. Okay, so six. So I would do Paul Rich and ryan brennan from the cold collars comedy podcast mm-hmm. they do a lot of really good impressions so you'd want them on your squad okay and i would do josh from the four nerds by, by nerds podcast okay i do emily from drink drunk dead mm-hmm. ashley from studying scarlet okay one more and ariel from malice nice No, I feel like I'm forgetting a bunch of my friends. (laughs) So I feel bad for picking friends.
1: Yeah, that's
0: why I didn't want to do that.
1: (laughs) But see, that's just the core. Like, so if you were to go into like the universe, the Marvel universe, you could pick all of your friends. Yeah,
0: those are just the first ones that came to mind. Based off like their voices and how well I feel like they would all work together in a podcast. Yeah. So that's my fantasy adventure squad. Awesome. And now I feel like an asshole for not including John, the person that asked the question as a a member of my adventure squad. Now he's going to be your Loki and just fuck your shit up. There you go. John's my Loki and he's going to come back and be like, give me the Tesseract, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm sorry. All right. So what's your something good this week?
1: Something good this week. I was really happy that we were still able to kind of have Thanksgiving together. like mm-hmm. to Zoom this year. That was really nice. It was a little awkward at first as it always is whenever you're trying to like, can they hear me? Can they see me? Kind of a thing. It was really nice to like still sit with you guys and have mm-hmm. dinner. And um, I don't know, I think really thankful that we're all still safe and being really careful. I think that's something great, especially since um, like I work with doctors that are currently running the COVID hospitals in uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul, and um, it has changed them probably mm-hmm. forever. And it's something that will sit with them for the rest of their lives, as it will for all of us. I'm sure there'll be stories of like, where were you during COVID? Did you get mm-hmm. COVID? That kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm just really thankful that I am able to stay safe, and um, my family is safe, and we're all healthy for the most part, aside from you know diabetes, (laughs) allergies, toothaches, stuff that we're not aware of. So that's my something good this week. I'm just a little extra thankful for our family and how awesome we've all been at staying safe because it's incredibly difficult, Mm -hmm. as we all know. But.
0: Anything cute happen? Your kids are awfully cute. When they're not fighting, they're cute. I'm thankful because I took the week of Thanksgiving off from work. So I took the whole week off, was able to kind of relax, work ahead on a side project that will be revealed later this month. And I caught up on a lot of reading, like reading for fun. Oh, nice.
1: That's like your favorite thing to do. Yeah,
0: because I haven't, I've been so busy lately with, you know, writing the podcast, editing the podcast, taking care of the kids, you know, making sure their schoolwork's done, you know, working, all this stuff. So I haven't really read for pleasure in a long time. And I have, I had purchased a while ago, a series from one of my favorite authors, Gail Carringer. Mm -hmm. She writes, um, kind of like a steampunk fantasy type series. Okay. And the first Ones that I read were the, it's called the Parasol Protectorate. Okay. And it has, it's set in like a steampunk 1800s universe in like London. Okay. Where werewolves and vampires are part of everyday society. Like they're just a known thing. Okay. And it's very funny. It's very witty. She's, she always writes very like strong heroines in her Mm -hmm. stories. Nice. So I had read The Protectorate like earlier this year or the end of last year. I can't remember when. And there was a follow-up series that had to deal with the children of the main players in the first series. Mm -hmm. So I finished reading all those. And then I read a side story that kind of takes place in between the two series that was like a shorter novella. So it's just a fun universe to read about. And awesome. And funnily enough, one of the characters in the last book of the series that I read was a doctor whose first name was Arsenic. (laughs) Awesome. Perfect. I thought that was very funny. Mm -hmm. So
1: you're meant to read it.
0: Yep. So if you enjoy reading fantasy type books, I encourage you to check out Gail Kieringer. I'll have a link to her Amazon bio in the show notes so people want to check her out. Awesome. Shall we? Yeah, you can find us online at yieldcrimepodcast.com. We're also on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at yieldcrimepodcast. You can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Send whatever. Yeah. A great and free way to support the show is to leave a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or any other social listening platforms that you subscribe to. Mm -hmm. That's a really good way to get our name out there for people who might not know who we are and also just sharing the show with your friends and family.
1: Yeah, we really appreciate that. A couple of people I know shared with others that actually didn't listen to podcasts before us and um, they really liked it. And I'm just really thankful that we have people in our lives that are willing to do that because I don't like listening to my voice, but I'm glad that other people do. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: nice. <laughs> it's cool to hear that we're like the gateway podcast for some people.
1: Yeah. Because, you know, you always remember your first podcast. before <laughs> You just like do a deep dive into like the really good
0: stuff mm-hmm. where they have like production companies. And that's not to say that we're not the really good stuff. We're just not at like producer no, we're executive <laughs> level. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we're um,
1: local TV yeah, <laughs> we're, we're free access cable. Someday we'll be HBO Max. Someday.
0: Someday. <laughs> if you want to, you can buy us a coffee on Buy Me a Coffee. And that's for as low as $3. And that's a one-time donation. You can also subscribe to our Patreon for as low as $5 a month. Mm-hmm. I spent some of my week off... Adding some more bonus content to our Patreon. Lots of fun stuff, including links to some of the guest spots we've done on other mm-hmm. podcasts. So if you want to check that out, that's only going to be available to our patrons. And if you want to get some merch, including our limited edition Willie design, you can check us out on TeePublic. I'm sure there's another sale going on, but I just don't know what it is yet because I haven't gotten the email about the December sales yet. So
1: (laughs) I'm sure it'll be pretty big though um, with it being Christmas. Yeah. And Hanukkah. And Hanukkah
0: and Kwanzaa. Mm -hmm. Those are some easy ways you can help support the show. And just a reminder that the Willy design will only be available through December 12th.
1: everybody get it now get a willy tote bag immediately yeah it's all very cute willy will help you eat your greens if you put vegetables in that tote bag he'll also help you
0: drink your coffee if you get a willy mug mm-hmm. I have a travel mug too he can also um keep you warm at night keep you warm with a long sleeve t-shirt or a sweatshirt he can also make your kids look really cool as always i'm Lindsay. and i'm maddie And we'll see you next time with another tale. As old as crime.